0: we're starting a series which is going to go for the next nine weeks today and nine weeks more why nine because there are nine ways god shows his goodness to you in psalm 23 have you heard of psalm 23 the lord is my shepherd ah very good you know the second verse that's good most people don't get past that first verse that's brilliant so we want to meditate on Psalm 23 for the next 9 weeks or 10 or 11 weeks, depending if I take a break in the middle. But since I've gone away for 3 weeks, I think I owe it to you to kind of uh, like penance, no? <laughs> to just preach non after this. Anyway, so we're going to look and it's going to be good. See, the Mercy Series was all about us and the mercy of God and repairing relationships, reconciling families. We did a lot of soul searching and all that. Now we want to focus on the amazing goodness of God and see, listen very carefully, how an unshakable conviction in the goodness of God, I repeat, an unshakable conviction in the goodness of God will radically transform your perspective on life, on living, on people, on situations, bad things, good things happening, difficult times. It will radically alter the way you process life. Instead of going down this way, mentally you'll go up this way. Instead of feeling like this, you'll feel like this. If you allow the goodness of God to be the, the, the operating system, to be the, the foundation on which your life goes. Where do we learn to, to about the goodness of God? Psalm 23. It's a beautiful goodness of God Psalm. And we're going to chew through every sentence over the next few weeks. How do I say two? because Sunday morning is not enough you're going to meet Sunday morning we're going to talk about it and then during the week in small groups you are going to discuss the same thing what does it mean what does it look like how can I uh, make this meaning in full? how can I draw from it how can I benefit from it be a little spiritually selfish and try and get the best from God he's standing in line wanting to do that for you why because he's always good have you heard worship leaders and others say God is good and everybody says all the time and he all the time and everybody say God is good. Why do we do that? Why do we say that? Because we want to reinforce the truth that God is good. Is God good? Is God always good? Is God always good? What about during difficult times? What about during the death of a loved one, a younger one, a baby? What about during traumatic times when When uh, people go through floods or tsunamis or or natural disasters. Is God good? Is God really good? Is God really good all the time? What what about the times of grief or conflict? People who are getting beaten for no reason. Thrashed on the streets of India. Just anywhere and anything, for any reason. Brutally thrashed and ratified and and supported by the police. Where is God? Where is God? Two things we want to look at, one today and one in the next nine weeks. Number one, why is focusing on God's goodness so important? Why is it that I must always remember and always focus and always keep coming back to the fact that God is good? So today I want to give you four negative consequences of forgetting that God is always good. If you forget, these four things are going to happen. And then the next thing I want to do is briefly go over the nine lessons for the next nine weeks. Okay? Uh, Very briefly. So when you see so much notes, don't get worried. Okay? We'll be okay. We'll be fine for today. How does God show His goodness to you? How does God show His goodness to you? It's easy to say God is good. But God is good to me? Oh, totally different story. Totally different story. And we want to work through that. We'll study each of these in depth as we move forward. That's why we worship. That's why Sunday morning we get together and we worship. That's why we listen to worship songs. That's why we start the day with quiet times or start the day with worship. Why? Because we want to remember the goodness of God. We want to remember the goodness of God. Let's begin. What happens when I forget God's goodness? What happens when I forget God's goodness? Number one. The first negative consequence of forgetting God's goodness is, I start claiming credit for things God did for me. Write it down. I start claiming credit for things God did for me. And this brings very quick judgment. This brings very quick judgment. got that number one i start claiming credit for things god did for me jesus tells a story about a rich young you're still writing or you're reading the next point jesus told a story about a rich young ruler this guy was incredibly successful young he was hardly twenty five, he's already made millions. He was Instagramming his millionness all over the place. He was Facebooking all his accomplishments, standing by this car, standing by that car. He was really making it happen. He was he was telling about how great he's done and how much he has done. And Jesus talks about this guy. He says, Look at all the great wealth I've amassed and goals I have accomplished by my own strength. God said, You arrogant fool, you'll die tonight. I'm going to give everything you have to someone more grateful. Do you know what the worst sin is? Most people think the worst sin is murder or something sexual or something like that. The worst sin is prideful ingratitude. Prideful ingratitude. Do you know what Satan got kicked out of heaven for? Not for stealing pencils, he got kicked out of heaven for pride. He thought. He didn't even say it. He didn't even get to say it. He just thought. And God opened the floor from underneath. And whew. he was down here in no time. Prideful ingratitude. That's the worst thing. Look at Acts chapter 12 verse 21 through 23. Just a couple of verses here. One day King Herod put on his royal robes. He put on dressed up in the best. And he sat down on his throne and he gave a speech. He came live on FB he gave a speech and the people they shouted they responded this is the voice of a God he's more than a human then because Herod gave no credit to God the Lord sent an angel to strike him down with a fatal disease and he died finished right away I said quick judgment quick judgment in the Bible in the past we see God moving very swiftly. I mean, there has been adultery, there has been murder, there has been all sorts of different, you know, gross sins. But when it came to pride, immediately. Are you getting this? Are you getting this? There's something about pride that immediately knocks on God's door and disqualifies us. Because Herod gave no credit to God, the moment a man becomes sovereign in his heart, The moment he begins to think, I did it, I did this, God takes care of that pretty quick. Romans chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. Since God created everything, people have always been able to see his goodness. It's not hidden, it's not discovered, it's not excavated. The goodness of God is on display, the power in nature. So people really have no excuse. Are you reading? They know God exists. But do not give him the credit for all he's made. And they're ungrateful. They're ungrateful. In fact, the root cause of atheism is ingratitude for the goodness of God. The reason why people are atheists is because they do not want to give God the credit for... It is not a theological issue. It is not a traumatic issue that because of some trauma in their life, they turn from... God. Now, in trauma, people turn more to God than anything else. You know? It's not a theological issue. I don't believe, I believe, nothing of the sort. The truth is, slowly, gradually, the man has become sovereign in his own heart to think that he is the product of his own doing. And atheism is the end product of that. It's the end product of that. But I, I have to... I have to admire atheism to say God does not exist because He is not good. To put God and goodness so close together that say, I would rather believe there is no God than believe there is a God who is not good. Did you get that? I'd rather believe there is no God than to believe that there is a God that isn't good. They believe more in the goodness of God than we do. We believe God is good but He's not good to me because I am such a bad person. God is Always, always good. Look at that first verse we learned. The Lord is always good. He is always loving and kind. His faithfulness goes on and on and on to each succeeding generation. God is good because He is good. Not because you are good or not good. I repeat, God is good because He is good. Not because you are good or not good. So even to bad people, God will be good. Deal with it. Deal with it. In fact, the Bible says in the last days, there will be so much ingratitude, it will be the sign of the last days. It will be the sign of the last days. Look at this. Just see if anything sounds familiar. 2 Timothy three two. As the end approaches, people are going to be self-absorbed. Hmm? Sound familiar? Money hungry? Self-promoting? Arrogant? Profane, rebellious, and look what he's put into this list. Ungrateful. Ungrateful and have no respect for what is sacred. God warns warns us to remember the source of our success. Look at what he says in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 7. What do you have that God hasn't given you? What do you have? that you created yourself or that you got from somewhere else. What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if all you have is from God, why act as though you are so great and as though you accomplished it all on your own? I took a lot of time on number one. Number one is what? You start taking credit for what God has done for you. That is no self-made man. Oh, look at the degrees I've, I've accomplished. Look at how my certification. Who gave you the brains for that? Look at what I was able to build with my hands. Who gave you the hands for that? look at how long i've been able to hold this look at who gave you the strength for that the moment you move away from giving god the due credit you fail to be a worshiper and you become an idolater you become idolater. number two i stop asking for god help god's help i stop i stop asking god for help when you get when you forget how eager God is to help you when you forget that God is in, he's standing in line to help you, to care for you, to look after you. You forget that. You stop asking Him to help you. It's like a friend who's walking along with you and you're struggling with bags, and the guy is saying, well, "I'm here. Why don't you? I'm here. Give me. I can help you." No, no, no. It's okay. It's mine. It's mine. I'll, I'll. No, I'm here. When you forget how eager God is to help you, you stop asking Him for His help. How do you learn to ask God for help? How do you learn to trust in God? Many people say, Pastor, my faith is very poor right now. My faith is, I'm really struggling with my faith. Throughout the week, I'm interacting with people all over India, shepherding them and helping them with their faith. And they're like, same song, same song. How do you build trust in God? Let me give you an example. Let me tell you how. When a baby is born, a few weeks into after its birth, it, rea- it it realizes it has an unmet need. Either it's hungry, or its diapers are packed, or or it's uncomfortable, whatever it may be. Welcome sister, come on in. Yeah, look here, look here, look here. Where was I? Diapers, yes their baby has an unmet need. What does the baby do? Number two, it expresses the need. Number one, what does it do? Ah, wonderful. Number one, the child recognizes an unmet need. Number two, it expresses that need. That's pretty much the expression. Okay. Number three, mom comes running and does whatever needs to be done, meets the need. And number three, number four, The child learns to trust, okay? Let's do that again, let's do that again. Child feels an unmet need, child expresses the need, mom comes running, child learns to trust the mother to meet the need. Child has an unmet need, child expresses the need, dad comes running, child learns to trust dad for an unmet need. You go through that over and over and over again, every day, every hour, and then the child learns, when I have a need, I express it to mom or dad they come they meet the need and i trust them even more how is faith built you have a sense of need you have a want you have a desire go to god god answers you grow in your trust in god you have another need you go to god but if you don't talk to god if you don't ask him for help if you keep him out of every aspect of your life if you think he's too busy if you think it's too small then you're never going to learn to trust him for anything you fool yourself, and I fool myself to thinking You're the these are all small, small things. For the big ones, I'll go to God. Like marriage and all. How's that working out? For the big ones, I'll go to God. Let me tell you something. All your problems, all your needs are small. For God, all are small. Even to find your daughter a husband, to find your son a college, to find The missing phone. All are small to God. So don't sit there judging what can he handle. Let me see. Let me just handle whatever I can. And then if God helps those who helps themselves. Yes, Ephesians chapter 8 verse 3. So you go to God on a small thing. You realize he answers the smallest, stupidest, little things of your, this, and you're little, small. You, he's, he's, he cares, he really cares about my things. You still don't tell anybody because it's small and stupid. Then you ask another thing, and then your trust goes. Then you ask another thing, and your trust goes. And suddenly somebody tells you, wow, man, you got great faith. No, I just, it, I just started with one phone. One phone went missing, and then after that, I don't know how suddenly I'm asking God for a truck. <laughs> It's as simple as the way a child grows in faith is how you grow in your walk with God. It doesn't come downloaded through some big verse from Scripture or something happens in your life or because of hours of prayer on your knees. It starts with saying, Lord, the bus is late. Please, kuch kar do, make this bus come here now. And then God makes it happen. You're like, okay, let's try this again. Maybe that was a coincidence. And then you build it from there. Pastor Jeremy, are you being superfluous? Uh, are Are you being... Superfluous? Are you, are you being uh, you know, callous with the with the goodness of God. No, God is a parent. God is a father. God is a good, good father. So God says, if you imperfect parents know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask of you? So he says in Hebrews, the author of Hebrews says, Come boldly, come boldly to the throne of our good and gracious God and we will receive his mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Who's a super super spiritual person? Who's a really spiritual, you know, close to God kind of person? A person who just depends on God for everything. It's as simple as that. Not a person who knows, gender, you know, all of the Bible and all the doctrines and able to mouth off, you know, verses of Scripture. A person who is super spiritual, a person who is truly religious, a person who is truly close to God is someone who just depends on God for every little thing. And you don't know how many of us can be super spiritual? All of us. And it starts with the small things. It starts with the small things. Number three, I trust. I stop trusting God in difficult times. I stop trusting God in difficult times. That's the third negative consequence of forgetting that God is good. When you forget that God is good, you take credit for what you didn't do, for what He did. Number two, you stop asking Him for help because you forget that He is good. And number three, you stop trusting God in difficult times. Now, whenever a child suddenly falls into a trap, falls in trouble, whenever a kid gets in trouble, what is the first thing that comes yelling out of a child's mouth? Ma! Why? What is mom going to do there? In school, in fourth standard, in the middle of recess, when the guy is getting clobbered in the middle, he's screaming for mother. He said, where is your mother going to come now? Why does he scream mom, ma, amma? Why? Because it's in his psyche, it has been trained that when he is in need, natural instinct is to reach out to the person who has always been there to help him. Amen? Amen. When there has been no natural process when there's been no history of looking to God and finding God meeting you at your point of need when you go through a difficult time you'll run to the wrong people, you'll run to the wrong things, you'll run to the wrong habits I stopped trusting God in difficult times if you were more aware of God's goodness, you'd automatically run to Him. So why are we saying let's, let's study Psalm 23? Not to beat you up. Let's study Psalm 3 so you realize He's really good so that you run to Him for every little thing. Got it? Got it? This is not a guilt thing. Never in this church I, am I going to force guilt on you. You can do that on your own. <laughs> we're all good at that. So why, do I, why should I help you with that? What I want to help you with Is to see that God wants to lift you out of that always. I stop trusting God in difficult times. Look at what the psalmist says in verse 16, chapter 16, verse 1-2. Protect me, Lord, because I trust you. You are my Lord, and every good thing I have comes from you. Romans chapter 5. We have we come we can have joy even in our troubles. Just just look at that verse one more time. We can have joy even Wow. That's the prerogative, that's the benefit, that's the joy of being in a relationship with the master, with the with the shepherd, being his sheep. We can have joy even in our troubles because we know that these troubles are good for us, producing patience, character, hope. Look at Romans chapter eight, verse twenty. We know everything God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his good purpose. A fourth negative, a fourth negative consequence when you forget that God is good, is you become pessimistic about the future. Write down: I become pessimistic about the future. I become pessimistic about the future. What does that mean? That means you lose hope. Your son is never going to make it. Your daughter is never going to make it. This marriage is never going to make it. We are never. This house is never going to get built. This this career is never going to pan out my insurance and hope dies all around you hope dies financial hope emotional hope relational hope everything around you just dies and hope is built on goodness so when you forget the goodness of god are you listening to me When you forget the goodness of God, you lose hope. You start looking at the future with pessimism. You've got that look on your face and it's it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out for me. You've lost hope. You've lost hope. Another reason why I want to do this series is because I want to pick us up. I want to get new hope. New hope for the year. New hope for our relationships. New hope for our children. New hope for our careers. I want you to become unstuck. I want you to come out fighting that there is hope because God is good. Somebody say Amen. Okay, you only come to church once. Just give it a little bit more uh, energy. Unless you're going to some other church. Ah, Okay, just say. You looked a little guilty on that one. I was just saying. Yeah, I become pessimistic about the future. You lose hope because hope is based on the goodness. Look at what Psalm 27 says. I would have despaired. Look at that again. I would have despaired. Despair is... When there's that dark cloud on top of you and you fail to see anything coming out of this. When it begins to affect your emotions, your motivation, your relationships, you have nothing to give to anybody. You look in the future, all you see is darkness and it just keeps getting darker and darker. Have you been to the beach at night? You go to the beach in the morning, it's gorgeous. You go to the beach during the day, you're like swim, swim, surf, surf. You go to the beach in the evening, you see the sunset is gorgeous. And then the sun sets. And you stand there and it's just abyss. It's dark. And some of you, your lives look like that to you. But you don't realize you're on a globe and all you've got to do is turn a little bit and the sun's going to come back up again. Hope. Hope. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I'd see... Read it. The... Let's do that again. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I'd see the goodness of the Lord. That's what hope is. That's what hope is. My friends, if you're fighting depression, if you're fighting discouragement, if you're fighting despair, dismay, if there's something in you that has given up hope, either on your own spiritual life or on your relationships or on the goodness of people around you, or that God can change the situation whatever it is if you're fighting that you need to start by rebuilding your hope and your hope can be rebuilt in your clearer understanding renewed understanding refreshed understanding in the goodness of God are you getting the process here I'm giving you counseling for free this is what people get paid big money to just tell you the same thing which was always in the Bible by the way all the time I'll say it again if you're fighting these things all you need to do is come back and renew your hope your hope is renewed by a clearer understanding we know that all things work we not we feel it we know that all things work together so number one start focusing on all the ways God has been good to you find the songs find the verse find if you are going through depression don't go to a counselor don't go if you are going through a difficult time don't go to anybody else to tell tell you how depressed they are get back to the word Read the word. Find all the verses on goodness. Listen to all the YouTube songs on goodness. Count your blessings. Don't just name them one by one. Write it down. Journal it. Don't just sing the song. Go through it. And remember that God has been more good to you than people have been bad to you. Say Amen. God has been more good to you than people have been bad to you. Number one, start focusing on all the ways God has been good to you. Number two, don't miss any of this message series. Because Psalm 23 is probably the most amazing counseling session. Like you go from start to finish, you build, it's just absolutely incredible. Double A, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, that's actually built on a 12 step program from before, or an 8 or 9 step program from before, which was taken from Psalm 23. Psalm 23, Or from the Beatitudes. Jesus gives good healing. So don't miss any of them. So if you miss a Sunday, catch it online. And then discuss it in the small groups. Are you with me? I want you to be as serious about your spiritual life as I am about yours. Some of you are as serious about it as I am. Some of you are not. And I am more committed to your spiritual life than you are for a vast majority of you. And that's my job. I'm going to stand before God for that. But I want you to catch up with me. So when I give you something to do or something to be, or I, I bring it to you from the, from the bottom of the love of my heart, knowing that it's good for you. If, I, it, if it wasn't good for you, I promise you I will not waste your time. You know, I know how busy you are. I know how much you fear the future. How much you're preparing. I know Delhi. I know pollution. I know politics. I know the heat. I know Delhi. I know how difficult. Some of you work till 8, 10, 8 10 o'clock in night and get back home by 11. I know life is tough. I will not put more burden on you like the Pharisees. Trust me on this. Be equally committed to your spiritual life as I am to yours. Do not miss this series. If you miss it here, Catch it online. But be with us and be with your home group. Write it down. Hope is anticipating the goodness of God. Hope is anticipating the goodness of God. It boils down to hope. Because if God is not good, if God is not a good God, there is no hope rational for hope we have hope because God is good the foundation of all hope is the goodness of God For I know the plans I have for you says the Lord plans to prosper you plans to give you a hope in a future not to harm you Psalm 27 I have despair I would have despaired if it wasn't for the fact that I knew that God is good all right shall wrap it up let me give you real quick let me give you the nine things you're going to get because God is good because God is good number one he will meet my need when I'm worried he will meet my need when I'm worried number two he will teach me to relax when I'm stressed each one of these is a sermon each one of these is going to be every Sunday a sermon so you got there's got to be a friend a loved one a a relative who you could call bring them here if we don't have place I'll make other people stand up don't worry you bring your friends, you bring your loved ones. And let them also listen. Don't just keep this to yourself. He will teach me to relax when I'm stressed. He will replenish my strength when I'm empty. He will replenish... This is going to take a while, now. replenish. R-E-P-E. He will replenish my strength when I'm empty. He restores my soul. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He gives me new strength. Number four... He will guide me when I am confused. He will guide me when I am confused. Number five, He will walk with me in dark and fearful days. He will walk with me in dark and fearful days. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with... That's a game changer. That's a game changer. The fact that He's with you changes the whole landscape. Number six, he will protect me when I feel insecure. Your on and your staff, they comfort me. He will protect me when I feel insecure. If you're not getting this, don't worry. I'll send it to you and you'll get it anyway eventually. Number seven, he will publicly show his favor on my life. Have you been doing badly at your workplace? Have, have people been making uh, uh, embarrassment of you at your workplace? Have you not been getting the credit? Have you not been getting the due, praise? And uh, recognition for your work, for your life, for your family, for your love, God will stand and God will speak for you. God will speak. He'll show favor on my life. You prepare a banquet for me, a banquet in the presence of mine. God will do that for you. Number eight, He will be good to me no matter what happens. He will be good to me. Oh, that's going to change your life, my goodness. He's going to be good to me no matter what happens. and number nine he will take me to heaven one day and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever he will take me to heaven one day this psalm begins with the phrase the Lord is my shepherd who is this shepherd? it's Jesus it's Jesus John 10 says my purpose is to give life in all its fullness. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. So this morning, listen to me as I close. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm not talking about Christianity, I'm talking about Jesus. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, who is the shepherd, you don't have rights to the benefits that this shepherd provides his sheep. But the fact is that this shepherd is inviting you to to be his sheep. All you got to do is acknowledge in one prayer today on the 9th of July Jesus I acknowledge the fact that you were willing to pay the price for me you were willing to forgive me you were willing to die for me and because you died for me I want to live for you today I acknowledge you as my Lord and my Savior write it down somewhere make this the day that you commit your life to Jesus that you become his sheep make this the day you begin a journey with this shepherd so that these things are true of you Lord Jesus I want to thank you that some hearts this morning were softened towards this prayer that some some lips this morning mouthed this prayer that today right now I believe that you welcomed ushered some people into your family into your pen oh God you have not presented yourself to us as king or as ruler or as judge or as dictator. You have presented yourself to us as a shepherd. And Father, in you we find all that we need. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be found wanting. You want us to have everything we need for life and godliness. And you wanted to. You paid for it. You paid for us to get it. You paid for these benefits. And I know that every single one here needs those benefits. So I ask Father God for fresh hope and renewal in our walk with you.